Welcome back to the Starbase Indie Podcast, where we talk to and about people who are inspired by Star Trek or science fiction to work towards hopeful futures in the real world. My name is Carl Taliaferro. Most people can't pronounce that, so it's just Carl T or just simply Carl. Uh, I'm a special effects makeup artist. Been doing it for 30 years now. So, yeah, I, I'm fairly well known in fandom. Because I yes. go to the conventions and teach people how to do it themselves. So. And people appreciate it. I should so, hope so. <laughs> so, were you a science fiction fan as a kid? As a child, no. As a teenager, yes. My mother was very, very, how should I put this, protective. And if she didn't understand it, I didn't watch it. <laughs> <That's simple. laughs> so uh she you know she had these old-fashioned values and thought i would be suffering from nightmares my entire life and when i finally got into all this first things i started to watch were horror films <laughs> and now Guess you give other people nightmares have a single nightmare <laughs> but you may have caused some doing your job i correctly. caused a lot of nightmares in my day <laughs> yes i have i really have but I don't mind. That's that's my job. So <laughs> absolutely. I enjoy it. So so yeah. But yeah, so I did more... get into science fiction a lot. Um, one of the first contests, costume contests, I ever entered and won was a Star Trek convention that that first time ever was in Cleveland. So yeah, I I got into it pretty pretty heavily after that. So yeah. So what was the costume? I went as a Gorn. Excellent. I can see why that would win. <laughs> yeah, I that was whoosh. that was it was a tough one, but I got I got it. Yeah, I won first prize. Uh, got the plaque upstairs someplace. But yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I was such a novice. I had no idea what I was doing or where I was supposed to go. So yeah, it was interesting. So how did you get started doing special effects makeup? Oh, wow. Uh, well, the pat answer is mom dropped me on my head when I was an infant. Uh, <laughs> I, I was probably somebody else's imaginary friend. Um, but no, the, the truth is when I was young, younger than I am, uh, I went to see a, a breakthrough movie called Planet of the Apes. Uh -huh. And uh, the, it amazed me. I could not understand how. They got human beings to look like monkeys. And I then just went nuts and I got everything I could uh, get my hands on as far as makeup techniques and how this was happening and all. And I practiced and practiced and practiced. And uh, that was it. I, I, after that, I was hooked. I just could not just do a normal hobby anymore so yeah that was the planet of the apes started the whole thing so what is your favorite alien to turn someone into Ooh, that's that's a toughie um i would have to say klingon why klingons have uh, a, a unique look and i mean all aliens have a unique look but klingons hold a, a very dear spot in my heart and it doesn't matter who you are once you're a klingon you're never going to be the same so 
So I just, I thought, you know, no, this, the Klingons are it. They, they're, they're my absolute favorites. So I really enjoy making people into a Klingon. I did have a friend of mine, very, very good friend. We're still in touch with each other. He used to be my makeup test subject. Mm-hmm. And I actually did him, I did him up as a Benzite. And I did him up as a nameless alien that appeared in Star Trek, the motion picture. So I got to say, those two were also very, very cool and very fun to do. Because, well, my buddy that I made up, he's, he, he was, he's a teacher. Or he was a teacher anyway. Mm-hmm. And he was very, very quiet, very shy until he got into makeup. Then he was a terror. So when I did him up as the Benzite, uh, we were at a convention and he had to excuse himself to use the restroom in full makeup. Mm-hmm. And uh, some guy staggered in after him and <laughs> was standing at the stall next to him. And he finally looked up and looked over at my buddy. And my friend, without missing a beat, said, yes. I am with the alcohol police and you've had too much. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, the Benzite was cool, too. I have to admit, because I made him a Benzite before anybody else was a Benzite. So cool. You work a lot of conventions with Bill Blair. How did you meet Bill? Surprisingly enough, at a convention. Uh, (laughs) We were at a convention at it was during the summer and we were at a ski resort in Pennsylvania. I believe the convention was called Praxis. Bill has much better memory for, than I do for this stuff, but it was Praxis. We were in Pennsylvania at a ski resort. And unfortunately, there was not a big attendance. So <clears throat> I was scheduled to do a talk and Bill was scheduled to do a talk roughly about the same time. So we're both sitting in our respective rooms, and there is not a single person sitting with us. Oh, dear. (laughs) So uh, Bill walked by my room, looked in, and he's like, oh, you too. I go, yeah. What do you say? We just head out to the dealer's room. Excuse me. The dealer's room was pretty much the central, central point for the convention. So we walked out, and... There weren't a whole lot of people there either, but uh, somebody had an idea and there were a couple other guys there too. A couple other uh, stars from the TV show. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think they were all, I can't remember who. I really don't remember who. Oh, there was a, okay. The doctor from Babylon Mm five and I can't remember anybody else. I suppose they would uh, run together after a while. It does. It does. But yeah, and again, this was so long ago. I the memory is not what it used to be. So they came up to Bill and myself, and this was on a Sunday. And they're like, "Would Carl, would you mind doing a really quick prosthetic on Bill?" I don't mind. No, Bill didn't mind either. Uh, I reached into my kit and I had a, a makeup from the TV show V. Mm-hmm. So it was like. It was just an appliance that looked like some of his face was ripped off and the lizard was showing through. So we did that. They thought it was going to take 45 minutes. It took an hour. They didn't care because everybody in the convention that was there, including the dealers and even some of the hotel staff were walking in and paying attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And when it was all said and done, Bill and I got together for a while and he's like, you know, this is pretty cool. We should be doing this on a regular basis. And I was like, I'm up for that. Sure. And I think that was over 25 years ago. And we've been doing it ever since. And the, the, the young woman that actually put on the convention didn't even realize that Bill and I were still doing it. We talked to her, oh God, years and years later. And we told her, yeah, you're the, you're the reason. You're responsible for us teaming up and doing this for this long. She had no idea. She just thought it was a, a one-time shot and we were done. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was um, pretty memorable. That was pretty that, memorable. That's part of the magic of conventions. You never know what seeds get planted. Exactly. Exactly. And from then on, when Bill and I did a demo, we packed the house. So we were, you know, it was it was a it was a great time. It was a fantastic time to to, to do that stuff. Uh, as a matter of fact, what was it? The very next year, Praxis put on another convention. They only put on two. <laughs> uh they got the uh, they got the reputation of being a uh, a memorial convention. So their the second convention was in in memory of Mark Leonard, who recently passed. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did them. A, I, they asked me to do them a favor, and I did. I I got dressed up as the Grand Nagus of the Ferengi, mm -hmm. and uh, like you did, I actually auctioned off Mark Leonard's screen worn Klingon outfit. Oh, wow. Which was donated by his family. And uh, they, they, I got them the price they were looking for because I wasn't going to sell it any cheaper. And uh, they thanked me. They gave me a, a picture that they had all signed. And then knowing what a big Planet of the Apes fan I was, they gave me uh, Mark's Planet of the Apes scripts that he used when he was on the TV show. So that is one of my prized possessions. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I was, it, it was, I love the convention and I'm sorry they just didn't go any further, but yeah, that was it. But yeah, that's how I met Bill and Bill and I have been together ever since. And we'll be together in November as well. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, uh, we're, we're both looking forward to it and uh, we both enjoy Starbase Indy. So looking forward to going back out, meeting some old friends, meeting some new friends and uh giving a makeup demo and changing bill into something alien yep uh we'll probably do a survey to pick which thing again i think that worked really well last time it did it really did yeah uh the, but because we did an andorian last time that's off the table right no more yeah it'll have to be something different exactly and exactly. i think the first time you came you uh we raffled off the chance to get done into makeup right was that you that did the little girl into me. a klingon Yes. Yes. Her dad's on our board now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I did. People love it. You know, the, when they auction off a makeup demo or a makeup job, people absolutely love it. So I don't get it. I've been doing it too long. I don't see the attraction anymore, but <laughs> the sure. Well, I'm just, I just go for the ride, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what do people misunderstand about creating characters with makeup and prosthetics? Wow. Uh, the biggest misunderstanding is time. Uh, uh, people just do not know the length of time it takes to get into makeup. 
excuse me, I'm into my eye here, besides my finger. That's um, where it should be. No, it shouldn't. No, it should not. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I mean, and this goes with almost every contact I make. Uh, I will, uh, a producer will hire me to do an independent film, let's say. And perfect example. I was hired to do an independent film. Uh, it was about a space vampire. And they had they had permission to blow up stuff in a state park. And we were shooting at literally 3 a.m. in the morning. And I had to disembowel somebody. Uh, a bunch of other stuff. Sure. Like you do. Yeah. Like I do all the time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I always tell people my job is the, I'm the equivalent of a hitman. I get very, very, I get calls very late at night to come out and kill somebody. I pack up my car with all the tools in my trade. I go out, I kill them, I get paid, and then I drive home. <laughs> and the neighbors don't even know. No, no, they don't. No. <laughs> The, the trick is to bury the bodies away from the neighborhood. So, <laughs> That's probably best. Yeah, that makes it sense. Is, it really That's is. a good yeah. tip for people. Yep. Yep. Either <laughs> that or plant really, really rare flowers over the body so they can't dig it up because it'll be an environmental hazard or something. So, <laughs> but no, I, uh, so I went out and I'm doing a shoot at three in the morning. Now, what they didn't realize was that at three in the morning, it's freezing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Makeup doesn't really adhere well when it's cold. So mm. that prevented some issues, but I got around them. But for the most part, people think they're all, they all remember, uh, what was that? Um, there was a special effects movie, SPFX, I think, or something along those mm -hmm. lines. And they all think it happens in 30 minutes or less. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, I need a good two hours to get something you know, realistic. And we don't, we, we didn't schedule for that. You didn't ask either. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of times I'm doing it off the cuff or I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. But the biggest uh, misconception is I can do an elaborate werewolf cling on whatever in 30 minutes or less. And I'm saying, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Do you want it good or do you want it fast? You can't have it both ways. So, right. yeah, so that that is the biggest misconception. The other one is that uh, they that they're well, everybody thinks that it's going to hurt. Also, they think it's going to be painful for them or that the removal process is going to be really, really difficult. <clears throat> and I keep telling them, no, that's the easy part. <laughs> I would imagine. So, yeah, it, 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 but and that's where Bill and I come in together and we will do our demos and we also do a makeup removal demo if people want it and we tell them no this is how it's done no pain involved whatsoever yeah this is the way it's supposed to be done as a makeup artist my job is to make sure that my actor doesn't get hurt <laughs> right so, yeah so that's you know so those are the two biggest misconceptions of, of prosthetics makeup also the third thing comes in at cost Mm -hmm. People do not realize how much it costs to, to make a prosthetic from scratch. So that, yeah, there was, yeah, never mind. Yeah, they they just, they don't understand. They really do not understand the, the time and the effort and the, 
skill that it takes to do any of that. So those are the three things I battle on every job. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you were trained by a Hollywood makeup artist and have trained other Hollywood makeup artists. What does it take to make a good makeup artist? Oof. Okay. Um, it takes a certain amount of creativity. Mm -hmm. And you have to be creative to do what we do. Uh, it also, you also have to have, how can I put this? Confidence. You have to have confidence that no matter what comes your way, you can do this. And there are a lot of people out there that just, as soon as they hear an idea, they're like, I, I can't do that. It's just, no, no. Uh, now, in, for the makeup artists that I trained, the third thing is keep coming back. And that's something that I tell my buddy that is now a Hollywood makeup artist. That was his that was his biggest achievement. He kept coming back and he listened to what I was telling him and did what I was telling him. And he now runs a multimillion dollar company. <laughs> so it, it just, it takes a lot of stubbornness. You have to stick with it. <laughs> um, the, the grandfather of all makeup artists, Dick Smith, had a great quote. He says, if you as a makeup artist can do makeup every day for a month and on the 31st day, open that kit and still be thrilled to pull out the stuff and do it again, you're a makeup artist. So he's right. <laughs> that's the way it works. So yeah, that's it. That's what it takes to be a makeup artist, aside from being dropped on your head. Uh <laughs> Well, yeah. that helps, but that's something you really can't control. You don't recommend people go like dive onto their own hat. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at okay. all. Okay, good, good. No, no. Uh, but yeah, that it, it does take a certain amount of creativity and a certain amount of craziness to want to do what you what we do. So yes. So I, I, when I was doing some research to get these questions put together, I saw your bio on LinkedIn. It says you are the guy that you want around when there's a problem to be solved. So what makes you so good at solving problems? Wow, okay. See, now you've got me bragging about myself and I hate doing that. But all right, the thing is, aside from being a makeup artist, I was, I've done customer service for well over 30 years as well. And there are times when what, what sets other people into a panic to me, doesn't even rate a postcard. So I, I look at things and I, I don't let things fluster me as much as some people do. I mean, so, once you've disemboweled somebody at 3 a.m. in a forest, I can't see what would fluster you. I see how this fits. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, it, it, it is that. And it's a couple other things as well. There's like, yeah. You know, you're always, especially doing makeup, you're always susceptible to change. Mm -hmm. Everything you could, you go into a job saying, this is what they hired me for. I'll probably do 10% of that because they're going to change everything around on you. And you're going to have to come up with new techniques right on the spot. 
if I let it all bother me and panic, I would never get any jobs. So I don't do that. I just, okay, this is what you want now. Fine. We'll do that. And I just, I don't let things bother me. I look at, I know it sounds corny, but I look at problems as, as just puzzles that need a solution. So I, I've got, I've done, I've done some pretty seat of the pants stuff in my time. Sure. And, uh, it, it, again, I just learned from experience that you cannot let this bother you. So I just take it in stride and move on. Uh, yeah, I, I was working with a guy, uh, on a cable TV show once. Mm-hmm. He rented this huge hall because he was going to shoot a bunch of scenes in there. And some guy was there going, no, it's my hall. I, I didn't hire, I didn't give you permission. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> uh, we didn't need your permission. And he produces a bunch of bills all in his name saying, no, this is my place. I bought it. If you want to use it, you're going to have to give me something. And I sat down with him and I, I negotiated with him for almost an hour. And I told everybody else, set up. We're going to shoot no matter what. Set up. In the end, he got absolutely nothing that he wanted because I knew <laughs> he was a scammer. <laughs> and uh, you know, what I finally got him to settle for was credits at the end of the, at the, end of the, the movie. Mm-hmm. What I failed to tell him was there were so many credits when his credits rolled by, it was on screen for less than a second. So, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't let him fluster me. I knew it was scam i knew it all Mm -hmm. along i couldn't tell anybody else at the time but i just let it go and we still got everything done so sounds like a good strategy i always like that strategy i always use it whenever i can so for people who aren't going to buy the $700 makeup kit to get started and just want to do kind of hobby makeup are there some trip tick Are there some tricks or tips that that you can give them? Yeah. Yes, I can, actually. Um, You don't have to buy the expensive kits. You don't have to buy the, the, the professional stuff. But you also don't want to buy the cheap stuff. What you want to do is find medium ground. That's going to take some experimentation. But you want to find medium ground where you can... Pick up quality product that's not going to run you an arm and a leg, and you're going to practice. And you're going to continue to practice until you think you're good enough. Then you're going to practice some more. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, One of the things that I I tell people all the time, you know, they go, oh, I can pick that up at, and I'm sorry to slander them like this, but I can pick that up at Halloween Town or Spirit Halloween. And yeah, you can. You really can. And they do sell some good stuff. They also sell some really bad stuff. Right. You know, and they're not going to tell you it's bad because their job is to sell it to you. So you have to experiment, watch what you're doing. And there are tons of instructional video online. Uh, if you want to actually try and go out and pick up printed stuff, um, there are several books out there that'll be very, very instructional. Uh, and yes, you should do that. You should you should get everything you can regarding makeup, and you should read it or watch it over and over again. 
But again, just make sure you know, if it doesn't work the first time, don't give up. Keep going until it does work. And a lot of times you'll find it's not your lack of skill. It's not your lack of talent. It's the materials that you're using that are causing the problems. And you just need to use other materials. Simple as that. That makes sense. I try to make sense whenever possible. Again, it doesn't always work with producers and directors, but I try to make sense whenever possible. I also tell people that uh, when you're doing this, use your head safety first. First and foremost, be safe with what you're doing. That means be safe with the materials you're using. So uh, I had one, and, and this, if I've done nothing else good with my years of experience, I, I saved some guy a world of hurt later in life. He kept, he came up to me and he's like, I, I don't have any trouble keeping my makeup on. I just have trouble getting it off. I go, okay, well, what did you use to put it on? Super glue. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I immediately chastised him. I told him, I don't ever want to hear those words out of your mouth again. I set him on the pads, liquid latex, prosade, whatever, but never ever use super glue again. And I, I know I've, because he was, you know, the only thing that removes super glue is acetone and acetone yeah. dries out your skin, something fierce. And what it doesn't dry out, it is going to hurt a lot. So I, I got, hopefully I got to him in time. Hopefully he listened because yeah, I just, you have to be safe about what you're doing. This is not about just throwing caution to the winds and just saying, oh, well, it's going to happen once or twice. That's it. No, always be safe. So safety first makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you have been to Starbase Indy a couple of times. What do you like about Starbase Indy in particular? Wow. There's a whole lot that I like about Starbase Indy. That's what I like uh, to first hear. <laughs> <laughs> first off, I, I like the people that attend there. So mm -hmm. they're open, they're friendly, they, you know, they just, they're just fans that like to interact. And I'm all about that. I love that. The, the other thing is that you have a, a wide variety of people that are guests. It's not just a one trick pony. You're not just there for Star Trek and that's it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I remember the one, a couple of times that I was there. Well, the one time, especially, I remember you had a, a, a female physicist. Dr. Erin McDonald, I think was there the last time you were there. Yeah. Yes. Her absolutely fascinating topics. And she's the, I think the head science advisor for Paramount Star Trek right now. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. She, she, She's brilliant. Yeah, she's fantastic. <laughs> she, she made learning about the stuff fun. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, I've never, I mean, because most of the time you meet somebody that's in the physics or anything. Oh my God. They're either well over the top psychologically or they are just so stuffy. It's disgusting. She was a joy to learn from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also had the, the one of the voice actors there that did uh, Quick Kick from the G.I. Joe cartoon. 
yeah, so you had a, a, a variety of people that were interesting and that were fascinating to listen to. The one regret that I had was I couldn't sit there and listen to them all day. I had my own talks to give, but I, they were absolutely fascinating people. And that's what I like about a good convention is the variety. I, I, the one trick conventions just don't make it for me anymore. You know? So yeah, you're the variety of, of guests that you have, the variety of convention goers that you have mm-hmm. is absolutely phenomenal. And I've got to say the fact that you, uh, you have Barfleet show up is also a, a great thing. <laughs> We're rather fond of the original members of Barfleet, and I I am always supportive of Barfleet. So yeah, and as are we. Yes, absolutely. And the fact that you had you had a dinner, and you had people that wanted to sit at certain tables to ask these people certain questions. Also, it was it was I thought it was great. You know, instead of just trying to catch somebody at their table or. There's two talks that are conflicting, so you can't really ask them what you wanted to ask them on stage or whatever. You gave them a nice, relaxed atmosphere, good food, and just said, talk to them. They're people. Go for it. So, yeah, that also just, I, I, it impressed me. It impressed me a lot. And I okay. saw the way you guys ran it, and that was one of the smoothest operations I've seen in a long time, even though I know it wasn't smooth. <laughs> It's pay no attention to the duck feet paddling below the surface. Exactly, exactly. But you, you did it well. You did it very well. So, yeah, I am always happy when I get invited back to Starbase Indy. Excellent. So what are you working on now? Now, absolutely nothing. That sounds delightful. Well, <laughs> uh, well for some people, it would be. The, the, the whole COVID thing and everything else, movies sure. have been put on hold, conventions have been put on hold. Uh, and although I do have a few diehard people that I know I can call on to do test work on, uh, it's just there's nothing that's been, you know, knocking down my door because everything, everybody is staying home, basically. So I, I don't I don't have anything that I'm working on. I've had a few ideas that I'm tossing around. Um, I told Bill one of I, I I told Bill that because well just because he's done it already, but I want to do it better. Uh, I want to make him up as a board. So that's one thing. I also have this idea to do an Andorian board. I think it would be very cool to have the organic antenna and the mechanical antenna. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, I just I, I've been batting around that. Um, I've had a couple. I've had a couple ideas for other things other than science fiction, but it's always it's still geek related. Uh, I wanted to do a live action version of the Thundercats. Oh, neat! Yeah. So those are ideas on the drawing board. And I'm just trying to flush them out a little bit because I, I, I see great potential for it, but uh, nobody's asked for it to happen yet. Yeah. Well, one step but, at a time. Exactly. Where, baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you online if they want to? Uh, they can't. <laughs> 
So they have to come to Starbase Indy to find you. That's exactly. where they can find you. Exactly. That's what Perfect. has to happen. I am on Works Instagram. For me. Yeah, I know it does, right? <laughs> I'm on Instagram and you can always look me up on IMDb. But uh, I learned a long time ago not to have a website because there are too many people out there that just want to expect the impossible and then get angry when I can't produce it. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds like solid reasoning to me. So to find you, come to Starbase Indy. I like that exactly. answer. Exactly. Come to Starbase Indy. Ask me all your questions. I'll be happy to answer them. And uh, hey, that's what it's all about. Face-to-face -face confrontation. We can actually meet, talk. I can give you some pointers, some demos up front and personal. So yeah. And you promise not to disembowel anybody. Did I say that? <laughs> that's why i'm asking oh <laughs> oh wow you're asking a lot now <laughs> okay i promise no disembowelments i reserve the throat slitting though so yeah uh, uh, well i mean i can't i can't limit all of your choices exactly exactly so yeah but yeah no disembowelments because they are they are messy i grant mm -hmm. you they are messy but uh, they are so much fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me tonight. Oh, no, thank you. I appreciate this. This is great. I, I, it's wonderful seeing you again. Yes. Wonderful talking to you. And I can't wait to uh, you know, come up there in person and, uh, you know, again, talk to you then. Okay? <laughs> great. Thanks. All right. You take care. Thanks for listening to the Starbase Indie Podcast. To find more information about our live event this November, check us out at starbaseindie.org or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. See you on the Starbase.